If you can stop talking for 10 seconds, that would be fantastic. You want to hit the start timer on there? You want to hit... You want to start podcasting, genius? What's your name? Justin. Justin, what do you do? I'm a PSSR. A PSSR? I, I wanted to be one of those, but I didn't uh, know what it was. <laughs> I was going to be a PSSR Y, which is harder than what, <laughs> whatever that thing you said was. What does a PSSR do? Project, product support sales rep. I know even less of you than I did a minute ago. Hello, and welcome to Carnival Personnel Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And Joe, super, super geeked out today because uh, as of late, we've had so, some great comics on. Um, our, our talk with uh, you know Jim Colton was fun, and Sally Mullins was fun, and Steve Bjork was fun. All comics that you and I love. But you and I have always been fans of uh, of the crowd work specialist and uh, Greg Bogus. Uh, let me know that this month's headliner over at Mondo Comedy at the Lunar Theater is is just one of the one of the best crowd work people in the game today, in the game for a while. Uh, and so, uh, so without any further, you know. Pondering ramblings. Thank you, Joe, for always you know being the guardrails. Uh, Joe, so help him finish this sentence for God's sake. God damn it, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Joe. Finish the introduction, please. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the great comic Jim McHugh. Jim, welcome to Carnival yeah. Personnel, whatever this is called. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Uh, so, Jim, uh, again, you know, you do you're doing Mondo comedy. Um, I've I've done that Mondo comedy for Steve uh, for Steve for for Greg three times. If you've not been there, it's an absolute gorgeous theater, um, which we'll talk more about. But let's talk about you. Uh, how long have you been in the game and uh, why did you get started in comedy in the first place? Well, I mean, I. I, I've been in it since the 1900s. You know, there's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're. I'm not sure we were a, a country when I started. It's a long, long time ago. We had 17 stars on the flag. Yeah, I, I mean, and well, I mean, I just did every job. You know, I I make fun of people's jobs because I've been fired from all of them. You know, so I know them. <laughs> I, I I have an intimate knowledge of almost every possible job you could be fired from, which gives me a quite an encyclopedia of knowledge. You were a doula um, so, once, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was a doula. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the first questions when we have a comic on is, you know, because it's been a little while now, but do you remember the day that you went from, hey, I think I want to give comedy a try to actually getting behind a mic? Yeah, you know, I was, I was it, actually for me. Uh, I don't know if you guys know who Richard Belzer is. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Late, but Richard uh, Belzer. Yeah, he um. He was on David Letterman, and I used to watch the the comedians all the time on Letterman and on Carson back then. 
And he had a book, like a, 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 you know, for anyone younger than 50, they were made out of paper and he was selling it on, on Letterman that how to become a stand-up comedian. And he said, you know, and in the back of it, they actually had a list of the clubs and their contacts with phone numbers and everything. Wow. Wow. And I, you, I don't know if you could still, you probably could still find it on Amazon or something. I'm sure none of the numbers are any good anymore. And most of the clubs are gone. They're probably but all sex I, phone lines now. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So I, I went to the mall and I bought it and I flipped the back. And I, at the time I was living in Connecticut and they actually had a place, Billy Jack's Comedy Club with the number. And so I was like, I'm going to call this guy. So I just called him and I was like, how do you do this? He's like, well, we have this thing called an open mic and you come in and and, uh, and I, of course I did. And I was really horrible. And uh, then I started the process of being less horrible, which took many, many years to the point where I'm just right now about I'm miserable. You know, I've, I've achieved. Mi- <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of my career arc from you know, from horrible to miserable it's it, it's amazing how many people because joe joe and i we we don't we don't have much of a life and we watch so much comedy we talk comedy all the time we listen to comedy podcasts how many people talk with such reverence of belzer it's it it's most most people the last 30 years you know it's all from law and order or um yeah was, yeah Homicide. I forget homicide. Yeah, he he went from homicide to law and order, and people forget. But but I've never heard the, I I've heard all these comics say, you know, he gave me stage time. He was always encouraging. But the fact but, that he put out a book that had here's the numbers to call. Well, it was such a weird thing at the time because it was like I think maybe A and E's evening at the Improv was doing on cable TV started to get become a thing. But I, I didn't think, and nor did anyone in my family or any of my friends think anyone from Connecticut ever would do comedy. You know, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, we just thought everyone came from L.A. and New York or moved there and then did it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I met him years later. But the whole thing to me was like, it's actually you have a list of places where you can do, go do comedy and this would explain how to do comedy. I don't remember anything from the book except for I circled that place. Wow, this is like 20 minutes from my house. That's and, and did you you call the guy? He says there's an open mic, and did yeah. you know how to prepare, or did you go there and see it first, and then come back the next week? How did you? I went, I went there and saw. This is funny. I saw a guy named Joey Vega, who was the first. I, he was the headliner, and then I, I was like uh, watching him. I think I might have gone to a couple shows first, and I was like trying to figure out if I could do it. Which of course I. The great thing about comedy is you have a, a level of delusion. That keeps you going and you always it's like golf your your best game you ever had or your best shot you think you're going to get that again so you just keep plowing through all the swamps and alligators thinking there's going to be another time when you actually hit the ball correctly and that's the same thing with comedy you're just like every every opener thinks they should be middle every middle thinks they should be headlining every headliner thinks they should be in a sitcom every sitcom guy thinks they should be in a movie and every movie star thinks they should be directing and then you die you know somewhere <laughs> somewhere in that chain of of, of work or non-work you 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 die and, and how old <laughs> how old are you when you when you when you went over to the place i was in my 20s back then okay uh, mid mid 20s yeah. early 
And, and I, was your, I was 14. I was 14. If you're, if you're, <laughs> now, did your friend say, what are you doing? You've never talked about this. I mean, how, you know, was it, was it, oh yeah, this makes sense well, yeah. that he's doing this or was well, it, you know, I was, I was like, a, I used to bartend. I was like, people, some people thought it was funny and it, it, nobody thought it was a good idea. I mean, nobody at all thought, <laughs> you know, I was like, I, I said, I, I want to do this. This is something I want to do. And they're like, sure, you know, sure. My father used to say, uh, when you go to Vegas, I'll come see you, you know? And then like 15 years later, I'm in Vegas and he came to see me. It was hilarious. Cause he, I had been doing it for 15 years by then. And it was at the Riv and I do the show. I have a great set and I go downstairs and he's standing next to me and I'm playing this video game in between shows. And he's like, you know, don't you rehearse between shows? I go, Oh, I get it. You, you've seen your first comedy show ever in your whole life. And, and f after 15 years of me doing it, you, you want to consult me on how to do this correctly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, like, oh, that's, that's great. You, you come to Vegas and, and the, your very first show you've seen, you know how I could do it better. That's, that's awesome, Dad. Yep. No, ha having no idea what it took to get through, the, you know, the hell gigs it got from point A to point B. Yeah, um, maybe I should do. Maybe I should do some stretching and you know some stretching <laughs> exercise between shows. That's that's valid. You know, maybe that would help me my my delivery of. <laughs> uh, did, did did you comp him? Did you comp him for future shows, or did he always have to pay if he wanted to come back? You know, after after that day, he was retired, and he used to look at my website. The, to see where I was going because he wanted to travel everywhere I wanted to go. He started playing, well, well, you know, I can go the next time you're in Vegas, then you're sitting and go, I go, I'm not a travel agency. Uh, this is not like, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Did anybody, you've done the cruise ship things. Has any of them tried to go on a cruise ship where you can't get away oh, from yeah, them I, for five I, days? I'll tell you, I brought my dad and the, the same kind of thing happened. He, I had uh, on my uh, uh, account, I had 30 days where I put TBA to be announced. And my father he calls me. He goes, well, now what the hell does that mean? Because I used to entertain the troops. He says, does that mean you're going to be in Iraq? And I go, yeah. And he goes, well, did you tell your mother? I go, no. That's why I put TBA. And I didn't want TBA. I didn't want to worry her. And she goes, well, what am I going to do? I go, that's kind of your problem now. <laughs> he goes, what? I go, you asked me the question and I answered it. Right. What right. you do with that information is now your. <laughs> so, so for 30 days, I was in Iraq and, you know, uh, Kuwait and all these places. And uh, we were scheduled for uh, Afghanistan that trip, but we didn't make it in. But for 30 days, he sweated hand grenades, not telling my mother, but watching the news every right. day. Did, um... waiting, for, waiting for unknown comedian crashes and helicopter, you know. And so when he came back, he was like, man, he goes, that, that was the worst month of my life. And I was oh. like, I, so I, I go, I, I'll, t I, I'll take you on a cruise, you know, you know, <laughs> to make it up of for the Persian Gulf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the funny, the, but the funniest thing was we go there and we go to Jamaica and we're sitting in the jacuzzi. And in the first thing, he's just like, relax. He goes, man, if you died over there, he goes, my life would have been a living hell. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, I was. I was, you know, I'm glad there was more pressure on me not to die. But, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> I was so not worried about how your life was. I was going to inconvenience <laughs> right, you. Exactly. <laughs> With my horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, taking hostage. No, please don't kill me. My dad's like, my mom will never forget. <laughs> right. My mom will never forget my father for not telling her. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's just anyway. Was that USO or Armed Forces Entertainment? Uh, that was our uh, Department of Defense, but arms or uh, yeah, arms of uh, armed forces. Um, I did both, but mostly armed forces. The, the USO shows were mostly 
uh, where more celebrities went. I'm, I was like an unknown guy. So I was in the, um, I did a ton of the, these tours though, like Leathernecks of Comedy and was Marine Corps. And uh, I, I, did, I think I started in Bosnia, you know, and Kosovo and all those places. And I did like eight tours of that, Japan, Korea, Greece, Italy. Well, how, how long ago was this, would you say? Uh, I think I started in 2000 was my first tour. Okay. Because did you, you, did you, did somebody book the tours for you or did you deal with the armed forces people yourself? Well, it started out, I, I went, to, I did a thing called the Boston tea party where about eight of us, we flew out to California and we did a show at the improv and we invited a lot of a- agents and managers to come. And of course my luck, I didn't get discovered for any kind of like any of that, but somebody who booked, military stuff my ability to banter with people and i work clean they were like you know would you like to do this and i was like oh bosnia yeah of course i, I you know i'm <laughs> I was no, thinking I, hollywood but <laughs> okay <laughs> well you know bosnia is actually considered the hollywood of you know just exactly. the country. you don't know that it is. <laughs> exactly <laughs> no it, it, I, i'm just asking because i i do work with both the uso and our forces entertainment Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. We we. It's live- funny. I do, I've done I've done so many of those tours. I was just I'm working on a um, a book, but I was just working on something. I did a tour with uh, this band, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, and um, and uh, and they had the the Perfect Angels, and it was kind of a funny story because at the time they had a I think it was like 2014, but they had a, a gold album. They everyone knew they were much more than I did, but uh. They, uh, so it was big, uh, like airplane hangar type rooms we were performing. And of course the, the perfect angels were these beautiful women that sang and danced and the guys went mental for them. And then there's me, the comedian. So I do the comedy, then the perfect angels, then red jumpsuit apparatus. So we're hanging out drinking after one of the shows and, uh, the guy, the bass player for that band started talking. I was like, I used to take lessons from the session guy to playing bass, you know, and uh, he used to play with, uh, his name was Charles Calmese, uh, but he played with uh, Johnny Winter and Steve Martin and all these, you know, uh, Joe Walsh, right? Yeah. So he's like, oh man, you got to play with us. I'm like, no, I never got out of the garage. This guy was great, but I was, you know, I'm not, no, that's a bad yeah. idea. And he's, no, no, no. And, and they played like really heavy metal. So it was a lot of tonic notes, you know, like G, 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 G. You know, it wasn't like walking the bass. So, of course, we're drinking. And it seemed like a good idea. <laughs> we're going to have a drum solo. And then I'll just hand, at, you know, in the middle of the act, this guy will do a drum solo. And I'll just hand off the bass to you, you know. And because I'm a comedian, I always really wanted to be a rock star anyway. So, and I'm drinking. So, sure. So there's like 1,200 Marines at this show. And they're doing a mosh pit thing. And the guy was the guy who was producing the show was so such a nervous wreck all the time, so I decided to torture him, you know. So I was like, <laughs> so we're standing on the side, and I knew I was going to go on, and we weren't going to ask him because he never would have let me do it. So I go, uh, he's going. I go, hey, so uh, uh, David, I go, you think it's hard playing the bass? And he goes, uh, oh well, you know, I'm sure they're professional, you know, uh, musicians. I'm sure it's it's very hard. I go, nah, it can't be that bad. And they're doing the drum solo, and he goes, Jim, I'm I'm sure he's a he's 
probably got a, a background in music and and i go i'm gonna go out and see if he'll let me play and i walk out on stage and he hands off the bass the guy i thought he's gonna have a heart attack you can hear him shouting no don't go out there. <laughs> reaching for you oh that's... so i went out there and just played you know i just totally oh i was a total poser for half a song you know and the, actually, the Perfect Angels came running back out, and they heard I was out there. And the guys went nuts because now the females are all out on stage again. Right, so it was, right. it was red, it was red meat for the Marines that have yeah. been, oh. you know, like <laughs> deployed some godforsaken place. <laughs> that was my that was my rock and roll. Moment. But it's just funny the whole the way that went down. I don't uh, know to me anyway. No, no, that, that I, I, there's lots of stories <laughs> from those kinds of shows, and that's that that the looseness of that. That's so fun because it is. I mean, when you're doing something like that, there are no rules. It's not like these people, you know. Uh, I, I mean, the the great thing about doing the tours, as as you know, it's like absolutely how appreciative everybody is that you're coming over there it's it's, oh, they're, it's they're the best they're the best they're the best of all of us you know i i i the guy um this guy jim shore used to handle all the bookings for europe before um during bosnia and kosovo and all that that deployment and he sent me uh, i used to host a battle of bands every year in germany and uh so they liked it because like a banter so like while they're changing the out the uh equipment for the next ba uh military band i go to the left and i talk to them you know where are you from what do you do and i try to keep the distract from keep the show moving so i did that for i don't know like four or five years and then when when um desert storm happened of course everybody got deployed right so not as much fun when there's actually <laughs> oh, i know i know yeah you know the, the the last tour that i did we ended up one of the bases we were at is right it's in kuwait right on the, the border and what's amazing about this base is how many times the history of the base over the last like 35 years uh that part of the border would change from kuwait you know, to our, and it's like, and the base would always be taken over, be there for five years. And, and everything in there is designed so you can get the hell out of Dodge in 24 hours. Like if it's going sideways, it's like every, every, like all the computers, everything, it's all in like suitcases. You just close it and just pick it up and go yeah. barracks. Yeah. I mean, there's some standing structures, but mostly everything is, you know, made to, you know, collapse, click it and just, you know, get, get, get on the next flight out of there type thing. It's, 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 it's well, good for you for going. And um, it's really interesting because the, the work that you do, it's, it's, you know, it, I'm trying to think the right way. I mean, you do all this crowd work and stuff like, well, first of all, I want to take a step back. Did you start doing crowd work or did you segue more into it? It's, you know, it's, I don't know if it's cause I'm uh ADD or whatever, but like, I, I just do comedy and somebody's doing something over here and I can't let it go. I have to, what's your name? What are you doing? What's, you know, like, and it just like, when I started, it was not, um, uh, the comedians that you know the ding ho comedians all those guys in boston hated that they, they did not want me doing crowd work in front of them hmm. so like, it was like it was like you know uh i think the the order of of horribleness that i was in was like you know prop act was maybe the king of of horribleness <laughs> maybe ventriloquist guitar act and crowd work act 
impressionist was in there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but below all, you know, I was right. I was a probably worse than, a, you know, people that talk to the audience like that was like, you're, I was right in that. Right. If you had an accordion, they would have kicked you out. <laughs> yeah. I was not a straight monologist. So that was like, you, you know, you were just, uh, you know, the unwashed, the un, you know, <laughs> the unworthy. And then oh. weirdly enough, during COVID, it was the first time I became aware that people like the younger comedians started saying, how do you do crowd work? And I was like, why? And they're, they, it, what I realized was they all wanted it for their social media. And they want to do crowd work because they, they think it's a shortcut for writing. Like now I don't have to write because I can just do crowd work. Right. But really, I, what I would say is like probably I think one of the best crowd work guys I ever saw is uh, Jimmy Brogan. He's, and, and I would tell him like Jimmy Brogan is like the best crowd work guy. And he's the head writer or was the head writer for The Tonight Show for 20 years. OK, so so why do you think he's a good crowd work? Well, because he writes every day. He writes for four or five hours a day and the. It's it becomes a, a a muscle that he can take any premise and and work with it and make it funny over and over and over again. And comedians just look at you that that's not the answer they want to hear. Right? It's like they want they want to avoid that writing thing and telling them they have to do more writing. Yeah. They just like well well screw that then I'll I'll get a ventriloquist dummy. You know? I got into comedy to not work. Yeah. Like, why exactly? <laughs> yeah. Right. I want to work an hour a day. I don't want to get up. And, <laughs> I, I really like to lose weight, but I keep wanting to eat pizza and not work out. What? Yeah, how, well, how do I do it? Ozempic. I'm on this. I'm on this nacho diet right now. Yeah. And, uh, nacho and pizza diet. <laughs> no, it, it's funny because, you know, uh, because I've done some stuff for USO and AFE and just as the pandemic was hitting, just as it was hitting, I, I have a great mentor who, you know, created legendary pictures and we were going to do a bunch of tours where we bring him out to show his movies like the hangover and stuff, but they want it more than, Hey, we're just going to have him show his movies and talk. So I was going to have to do audience warm up, you know, host a little interview with him, talk about the movie before and host a Q and a with him after. So Joe and I, who've been doing stuff together since like the, the uh, mid nineties, we started to work on this stuff. And diving back into it kind of full time the last eight or so months, you don't see a lot of crowd work because, you know, especially and, and it's interesting because I can understand, like, you know, people wanting to pick your brains for it, because how do you practice crowd work coming up at an open mic when everybody else's other comics waiting to do their stupid five minutes? They're not looking to interact and stuff like that. So you could how did you get built up that muscle over the years is it just i was okay when i started to do it and i got better is it because you had life experiences outside of comedy that you were pulling from like you you said you've been fired from every job you can imagine yeah. well uh, yeah it, i mean it's like uh, also you know i as you progress through the ranks you get more and more stage time and in the middle of your act you you, you know you inter you have time to interact or you know Probably some, probably part of that was me always, you know, like I said, you're reaching to the next rung over which you're really, you know, I was, I was featuring before I probably should have been. So, you know, you got 15 minutes, you got to do 20, you got to do 30, you know, right. where's that coming from? And, and, and you know, the cruise ships, uh, I was doing still now, I'm, I think in July, I'm do, so I'll do five different half hour shows, you know, and I don't have that kind of time. So like, it's, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like some. I got a solid 10. 
All right. I can. Uh, well, so, yeah, right. So I'm like, it's like hamburger helper, you know, like, so I'm, I got, I'm, if I got to do a 30 or 25, 30 minute set, I, I, I can spread it out. I can do, I can do 10 minutes here and, and goof around and right. You know, you know, uh, I, you know, and I'll, I'll edit this out if you would like, but I got to ask, is your cruise ship story that you told on the special, the dry bar special that, that Joe and I watched the other day. Is that a true story about, uh, the hole in the ship? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I got, I got like a standing ovation on that show. Cause I was, I was making fun of the, of the captain mercilessly for oh. a half hour. And they were, these people were all trapped in this tiny little Casa Maya had nothing, no place you could, nothing you could do there. Right. So they were, they were stuck there for seven days before I got there. They flew me from another ship. I didn't even have clean underwear. I came there. My, everything was in my bag. They're like, you got to go and entertain these people. They're just stranded. So the, the cruise ship company. So I went, went there and then I made fun of the standing ovation. And then the, I, what, the way I understood it is the captain saw it on the interior cable. Yeah. Close to the CCTV. Cause I, rem- I remember saying to my then agent at that particular agent, I was like, I got a standing ovation. He put a five hundred thousand dollar hole in the ship. I'm the one getting fired. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He's not getting fired. He's mad. Right. I'm getting fired. <laughs> oh man, that's <laughs> you know like, that makes perfect sense. That's exactly how show business works. <laughs> right. You know? Right. No, it, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. I, you know uh, wait. Wait. Where's Where's the rule book to life? Yeah, it says right here, page four. The rule book. Life is fair. So <laughs> exactly. I, you know, you know, and, and you know, it's funny because you know, every time I, I have two boys, and you know, one that says, you know, I wanted things to work out this way, and I was looking at them, I was like, I want to be six two playing for the Bruins. You know, things <laughs> don't always go like we really hope, buddy. It's just part of the game. Oh, yeah. but when I heard that story, I'm thinking, but I didn't know the back story that it had happened these people were were on a cruise and then they get stranded at that port for seven yeah, they, days yeah well some of them that had to get home they they brought in like buses to bus them back but it was like it was like a really long ride across mexico and some dodgy areas too to get to the next port right to where they could get them out it was like it was ugly uh, some of them people were very happy because they got if they're retired, they got another five or six days. Right. You know, when I went there, they, they built a wall so people couldn't take pictures of it. The other cruise cruise ships that came in and stuff. <laughs> the first thing they did is build like a plywood wall. But I, when I stood there, it, I'm six foot six. The, the hole was like the top of my head to my feet. And six, you know, it was like they took a zipper and zipped open the side of the ship. Wow. And they brought in all these guys. They welded something to get them back to Miami over that hole. And... <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you know, after the Titanic, the Titanic was fine before it left dock. And look what happened. Well, the thing was, the hole was high because the docks were like four feet above water level. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they weren't like water level, but it was like, you know, I mean, there's these things they call waves and stuff like that. Happens. Oh, man, that just must have been. Um so, but you, you you're back to do what was the the time frame between that that cruise ship line saying uh your service is no longer welcome to another cruise ship saying we think that's really funny please come here <laughs> oh yeah i just i i they just moved me to another uh you know i, I just it's funny I'll, I'll work for one cruise line for a while and then another one right now i'm doing a lot of carnival cruises uh but you know there's like a year where i did holland america 
you know, and then you do, you just, it's funny how that, you uh, know, yeah. We, we have, two, uh, I don't know, I, I assume everybody at your level, all the headliners from this region know each other, but we had uh, uh, um, Jim Colton on a little while ago, and he does, basically that's his living, you know, he's he does shows all over the region, but once a month he just takes off and goes. Yeah. And he has said, you're not getting, he loves doing it. You're not getting paid to going and doing the comedy. You're getting paid because the travel to get to the, because it's like he does, like, like you, there's lots of times where, oh, something happened. This person got sick. We now need you to reroute you with three connecting flights through like Iowa to get you to, you know, a cruise that's already happening somewhere in Alaska. And he says, right. like, the travel is is the draining part um, yeah. because he's like, I never get to do a cruise that leaves from Boston. <laughs> it's like That's I always, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do, you have, do you go where do you have to go down to Miami and go out of there or? Yeah, so it all depends where it's going. But if Miami, Fort Lauderdale, Texas, uh, the West Coast, uh, you know, if you're going to Alaska, you're going to go through Seattle or. or um, right. You know. Canada, one of those. It, it's, it's funny because rain. I, I, I did, I did, I had a, I booked booked celebrities to do like halftime shows, and the only time my wife ever went with me is when I did a dolphin game because they would fly you in a day before, and they always right. put you at like the Fountain Blue, and one, one Sunday. You know, we went to the afternoon, we went to the game, come home, we were flying out Monday, and we're walking down the little boardway at four-ish, five-ish on a Sunday, and it was almost like watching an airport traffic, the number of cruise ships that depart. Like, we're sitting there, and I'm saying, I'm not kidding, when I say one cruise ship every, like, 10 minutes for, like, three yeah. hours, and you're like, oh, holy yeah. shit, is this industry? You, you know, because here, I mean, you know, my mom's gone on a couple cruises, and I've gone and dropped her off and picked her up, and there's one ship going out of Boston on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, maybe one docks at whatever in the morning and it's going out later that night. But down there, it was truly like watching planes land and take off at LAX. Like every, you know, 10 minutes, here's another one. I'm like, how many damn people, you know, this is a huge industry. Yeah. It's mind boggling. And the ships are bigger and bigger, <clears throat> you know? Uh, and you yeah, do, I mean, a show a day or two? How many shows a day are you expected to do? It all depends on the ship. You know, like uh, when I was at the Royal Caribbean, I was doing uh, the Oasis and the uh, – they were like at, like three or four years ago, they were the biggest ships. They're not anymore. But, they, you know, they have a skating rink and it's, you know, uh, it's just, uh, surfing and, and uh, you know, uh, it's, it, they have a, it's insane how big this thing is. So um, – we they had a full time comedy club, so we do fifteen or sixteen shows at that club, and then on the the last show we do a clean show in a theater. It's like uh, three thousand seats, and they had uh, the play Rent in there all week. Wow! So you know they have a set of uh, oh no cats. Oh gosh, that's what it was cats because <laughs> you had the set of cats behind you. <laughs> they just leave it up. So it's like you know it was really kind of weird, you know. <laughs> And, and when you're on a cruise ship, I mean, it's one thing I'm guessing you do a club and, and it's nice to talk to people getting out of the club. But if you're on the cruise ship, do are you constantly 
besieged or are they so big? Or do people always come up to you and expect you to be on? Are you on the whole time you're on that ship? Yeah, it, the best time working a cruise ship is before they've seen you on stage. You're invisible. <laughs> but as soon as you've been on, then it's like, you know, I, I usually go below decks at that juncture because it's, you know, you don't want to be. It's hard, you know, it's hard because they want you to be a comedy jukebox at all times, at all places, you know. You well, should just it, bring like a uniform and like immediately after your, you know, like a cruise ship uniform. Oh, no, that's like that's another guy. That's, yeah, that's I, somebody I, else. I don't know who that was. Well, well Joe and I are, well, if I, if my hair is cut, but Joe and I are like, you know, 5'8". So we're nondescript. You know what I mean? We can blend yeah. in. If you're 6'6", yeah. six, six, it's like, you know, you, you stand out a little bit. It's a little Yeah, hard. yeah. It's, uh, Nowhere to go hide in the crowd uh so so you've been doing this a long time what what are your favorite places i mean you you talked about do you still go out to vegas do you like certain cities do you like certain types of shows are you a corporate guy um i mean my new thing now i think i'm trying to do i do i cut back on the cruises but i'm doing more small theaters and uh i'm working on i'm working up a new like every comedian a new set but I'm going to try to go, I'm going to try to lean into more clean comedy. Um, just it's, I like the, I like the writing of it and I, and I like that I can do it anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and as far, as far as like, do you, do you mind the travel? Are you a family guy? Is it a lot of work to, to not be home? You know, it's, it's just what I chose to do that, you know, you just, you gotta just say, look, you know, like, uh, okay, here's something I, uh, you know, my dream job, they wouldn't, uh, uh, they decided not to hire me because I wanted to work for home and I would have made a great fireman, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's like, you know, if you want to be a fireman, you got to know how to climb a ladder and you got to go to where the fire is. And... <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I got to ask this, like of all the places. So, you know, we, 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 Joe and I are in Boston, our other co-host is in LA. I go back and forth a lot between those cities. Most most specials are shot like in New York. So many in Boston, Utah. You chose Utah to shoot your special. Uh, any any you know? Did it just work out the timing, or why did you shoot your special in Utah? Well, I mean, it was it wasn't. It's funny. It wasn't really a choice. It was they they hired me. You know, like ah, okay. I go where they hire me. And that right. was uh, and I didn't know. I had no idea how big that dry bar thing was going to get. I thought it was like they're giving me a couple grand, and they're, they're saying they're going to give me residuals. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll hold my breath for that. So, you know, so and they, I, but so then, they just, they they, they kind of own the rights to the special, and they kinda... yeah, drive yeah yeah, that's their special. I mean, right. I, but I it, it turned out. I mean, I think I'm somewhere. I mean, the, the I don't know what the how many views that's had now, but it's millions. It's you know like five million or something all in. And I never thought, I thought I'm going to Utah. They're going to shoot this special and, and eight people in Utah are going to see it. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I was like, how many, you know, how many people could possibly see this thing? Uh, but it just turned out really good. I mean, it was great for everybody. You know, I, I'm, I have a lot of people that have seen that now, you know. I wonder if 10% of the residuals go to the Mormon church. Too. Like, you, know, like you have to like tie the little. Uh, 
Yeah, I'll take what I can get. I left there with three wives, so I figured. (laughs) Yes, but also three mother-in-laws. You know, that's. (laughs) They never tell you that part. (laughs) No, it's funny because every time, like you know, it's like you know, starting to do this. This is my midlife crisis. Like I'm not a car guy, and I'm not a having a fair guy. Not because I'm so loyal and faithful, but the idea of disappointing two women on a regular basis. It's just, (laughs) I'm I'm good. I'm 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 happy. Joe coming over and watching episodes of Barney Miller. Uh, so you are a crowd work guy, which lends itself to interaction with the crowd. I got to ask, like, it's one thing when you see a heckler go after a comic and it's like, yeah, you know what? That's usually not smart. This person holding the mic does this every day. But have you ever had like, you know, a moment where like somebody was kind of out over their skis and just do what are you doing it's like you know why are you bringing a knife to a gunfight have you have you ever had oh, a yeah. moment I'll, for them or for me for for them to, where they think you know oh yeah i'm as smart or i'm as quick as this guy oh yeah it happens every i mean it happens all the time you know um you know it's kind of different for me because I, I do so much of it now that it's like like i have a i, I had a friend and he would just say the most horrible things to hecklers. And I'm like, why do you do that? Why do you start there? You know, cause I'm more of a, I'm more of a cat and a mousing. I'm like, I'm going to keep them alive <laughs> and, right. and, and I'm going to make them the show for 40 minutes. It's never <laughs> going to end. It's never going to stop. It's just going to keep, I'm just going to keep calling back to them and back to them and back to them. Oh. They're not, they want to be part of the show. They're going to be the show. <laughs> so they have like, you know, until they're impotent or suicide, it doesn't end. <laughs> it doesn't go away. And but I do it in a very friendly way. It's like, oh, right. oh okay. So yeah, and, but because most people are ready for one comeback, but not, you know, twenty or thirty minutes of comebacks. They're like, they're, you know, so yeah. Just just no mas the <laughs> white flag. Have has has anybody ever? And you know, know, and you raise the heat. I start. I, I invite people into my show, so I don't pick on them. But if they're being nasty, right. you know, I can raise the heat according, you know, just dial it up. It's not. There probably was one benefit to the dry bar is that there were no drunks in the audience. To start. <laughs> yeah, that's you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong there. That's an upside. Well, to go I, I mean, just talk. think think about that guy in the airplane that decided he wanted to, you know, uh, antagonize Mike Tyson. Oh, you know, it's oh. like it's like. Like how many, how long into that beating did he go? Wow, I just kind of <laughs> wish I had just just watched the in the in plane movie rather yeah. than. Maybe I do have a drinking problem. Maybe I should really reflect. Here's, and... <laughs> here's your options when talking to Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, I'm a big fan of yours. And silence. Those are the two <laughs> things you can say to him. There's yes. no third box to check there. Oh my goodness! Yeah. At the, you know? How many punches in was he reevaluating every decision he's ever made that led to this moment? Yeah, and, 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 and like this, getting some after each punch. It's like, hey, I used to. Yeah. And, and you know, when you're getting a beating from Mike Tyson, there's no one on the plane that's going, "I'm going to break that up." Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. He, I'm, I'm gonna let him tire out. He's been training for 40 years, so it's a four-hour flight. Oh man, that is just. Like, it, at what point do you, you just hope to lose consciousness? That's your only defense. Just play dead. Yeah. The possum, the possum defense. Just, just slump over in your chair. Has Has any heckler ever come up with something and you're like? 
You know, man, that was pretty good. <laughs> all, 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 all the time, all the time. And, and I'm not going to tell you that all the shows go great because they don't. Right. You, you know, believe me, I, you know, every comedian, any comedian that makes it sound like everyone's a, a joy is absolutely lying. You know, uh, so so Mondo comedy coming up. I'm I'm, you know, there's there's nothing better than somebody who's been doing this for a year giving you tips. Uh, let me pull a page from your dad's book. So when you get to Mondo Comedy, I do have to tell you, uh, and maybe maybe work this out with Greg, the lighting, the way it is, you can't see yeah. the front row. It, right. it, it, I love first of all, I love it. It's great. Uh, it's a little hard to find the building. It's it's better now because it's light out, but when it gets dark at six, it's in uh, this beautiful mill building in Lowell surrounded by a bunch of other beautiful mill buildings. And there's not like a big sign that says, here's mill number five. It's well lit. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, if you can find the place, it's really one of the coolest little spots yeah. ever. It's They have this like little, it's like an enchanted little mill of little tiny stores and shops on, I think, the third floor of this building. It's amazing. It's like, like I, a boardwalk. I, it really is amazing. I mean, it really is a cool date spot or whatever. And I don't think I don't think the tickets are too much money. It's it, no, it's, it's, a little, it's fantastic. It's a little tiny theater, and it, I do it because I like it. I like like ha- I like going to that little diner or coffee shop. Yep. And and hanging out a little bit before the show, and uh, the shows are never. I mean, they're they're always kind of. You know, it's a really, it's a really intimate little fun spot, you know? No, it's like, uh, you know, I talk about it all the time with, you know, we, we live there. Like my, they have these like little, I want to say like indoor flea markets, but they're themed. They're like, you know, a witchcraft thing or a spooky thing or a Gothic thing or an anime, like every weekend they have something and it's on the fourth and now the fifth floor and they do, they have apothecary, but that place that you were talking, coffee and cotton, they now a kid from you Lowell runs a mic there and it's, probably the best open mic because you got a lot of real people there versus just other comics and uh yeah but that whole thing there's there's an actual record store like an actual yes, real yes. mom and pop owned record store no i i love the place so, so I, I will definitely be there I, I think i've missed i think i've missed one mondo comedy since you know greg's brought it back from the pandemic so right. uh, you know i'm really excited about uh, mill number five. It's the Luna Theater at Mill number five in Lowell, Massachusetts, and Jim McHugh is going to be playing there this Thursday, June twenty second. Uh, the show starts at like what seven thirty? Seven thirty. I think so. Yeah. And, and and I'm friends with pretty much everybody opening for you. And there's a couple really great kids, you know, who are going up. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and Jim- about, just brace for a long elevator ride. It's only four <laughs> floors. But it's a half hour per floor, so yeah. just you know, bring a lunch. It's, it's one of those. It's one of those old elevators. You have time to ponder: Is this where I'm going to die? <laughs> right. Try to cut me out of this fire departments. <laughs> you it's can hear un- the pulley. As <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a living. You know? It's like one of those things. They used to have a big wheel where the like the slaves walked around in a circle yes. and slowly brought it up. Yes. You listen closely. You can hear the whipping with the molasses with the molasses or whatever they were processing. I don't know. Yes. So, so we will, we will definitely see you there, uh, uh, Jim. Thank you so much for carving out time, you know, on a weekend for us, and you know, uh, 
we're, we're looking forward to seeing it in person. Uh, I think Joe and I will will be sitting right uh, on the end in the last row so that we won't, you I, know. I suggest that right. we can't see the front row, like bring a flashlight to shine it into the front row. You're like, <laughs> where are you go. from? I'm just like, <laughs> I'll bring a spotlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like a return on them. Yeah. yeah, I just I usually just goof around with the people there. I'm not. I don't want. I'm not. They don't have to be worried about me. It's not. You know. Oh, yeah. well, well, I, you know, again, going back to like, I watch so many clips on YouTube and stuff like that. But when I watch the whole special, I think my favorite part is the 12th person, the 14th person who, when you called on them, hadn't been paying attention to the last year. Like, it's two questions. It's what's your name? What do you do? <laughs> Try to have that ready when I get. I know you. <laughs> you can make something up. I don't even. What yeah. would you like to do? I don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. Or it could be anything. I don't really care. I don't really care what they say. Just give me a sentence of something about you, and <laughs> well, and, and, and then my, and I'll take it from there. You know. My favorite thing is, you know, and and people do they get in their own heads in their own bubble and they use an acronym for their job that only they know. And when some guys like I'm a PSSR, and you're like, oh, I I wanted to be that. I <laughs> don't know what that is. Yeah, it's it's. It's insane, but it, it was fun, and I'm really, really looking forward uh, to meeting in person. Um, but hey, before I let you go, you said you're writing a book. What is your book going to be? Uh, it's uh, it's just like short stories of things that have happened to me. Um, it's uh, but it's going to be uh, um, not a comic book, but more like a. Uh, it's going to be like a in comic book format. So nice. I, I, I'm looking forward to I just at probably I don't know if it's the last I did Greg's last show the show before it was Mike uh, Donovan and I bought his book and I'm like I, oh, he's got like he's got like 18 books well he most of him but, but the funny thing is most of his books are about Russian history I mean he literally yeah, writes books, but he wrote it he wrote a book about you know and it was not a a you start here and you read through it it's like a bath those old bathroom readers you can pick it up anywhere it's not meant to be read start to fit but no I, I i'm looking forward to it. i you know joe and i will definitely you know get the book and have you back on to talk about that when it comes up um but yeah we will we will see you at the luna theater and uh on thursday and joe if you got anything else yeah i just wanted to ask jim if he um has any like you know social media things where people can follow you or a uh, website for your uh, future dates. Yeah. Uh, my website is Jim and, uh, Instagram is big Jim.com. And I don't know what my face, I'm easily findable everywhere. I think YouTube is Jim McHugh or something. You know, it's like pretty, pretty easy to find me. Oh, just, my, just put comedian Jim McHugh. It'll pop up. My last, my last question was, when you publish a book at the back page, will there be a list of comedy clubs and contact phone numbers? Oh, wow. <laughs> that people no, just, can... just, just take the, just like, it's pilfer so it. weird. Put, take the ones from Belzer's book. And just throw <laughs> them back. And just, <laughs> see if people call. He's not going to sue you. <laughs> I, could, I could write a book just about comedy clubs I used to work at that no longer exist, you know? Oh, <laughs> that would sell big because people love that, uh, those sorts of things. That's, That's you know, you've been doing it too long. <laughs> uh jim thank you again so much for carving out time um all right very much looking forward to seeing you on thursday okay take care guys thanks for having me thanks jim all right well thank you for coming who's the nice lady sitting next to the the woman who's kathleen is it kathy, kathy. doesn't really matter we're not gonna be friends let's just move on <laughs>
I'm sorry, that was rude, I'm sorry. And what, what do you do? Yeah, the questions so far, if you haven't caught up, are, what's your name, what do you do for a living? Try to have that ready for me by now. We gotta keep this comedy wagon train moving. Just rinse and 